0: Okay, so I get done with college. I don't have a job. I knew that I wanted to coach in football. I knew Rick Neuheisel hadn't been at UCLA long. So I pack up all my things from my my apartment, moving out. I just drive to UCLA. For for the first day, Rick Neuheisel gets here like, who are you? What are you doing? I told him I wanted a job. He's like, that's not how this works. Did that for three days. He would walk into the office. I would be there begging for a job. The final day, he's like, if you come tomorrow, I'll give you an opportunity to talk to me. So the next day we start talking. He realizes that. I know a little bit. I'm personable enough where it could work on the staff. I, uh, he lets me volunteer, so I, I live in a locker room for two years, working working nonstop, all day, all night, sleeping on the floor, and then put that coffee down. That's a clown question, bro.
1: Okay, another episode. We're back two weeks in a row. I feel like we're we're uh gonna start to catch this momentum here. Another episode off script with Lance Zerline. I'm Eric Layden. It is Wednesday, November eleventh. And uh I'm just happy to uh to uh to have you have you back, Lance. I feel yeah. like we were gone for a bit, so I'm happy this Yeah, is good. we well this is number two. Yeah. This yeah. is number two, so I know, but we kinda get a momentum going. You know, yeah. it takes a second. Um, it's going to be a fun interview today
2: with Quincy Avery. He is a, um, a quarterback coach for Deshaun yes. Watson, amongst others. And uh, he's got an interesting backstory and uh, a very interesting guy. I think we can go in a lot of different directions with Quincy. I want to. I wonder
1: if I should go throw for him at one point, maybe see what he thinks. Well,
2: I mean, you're supposed to face Lance McCullers at some point. So right. we can put that on the bucket list of things that you need to do. Absolutely.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my my five step drop is pretty yeah. pretty on point. Well, I, I'd like to. There. I mean,
2: I'd like to see it.
1: I mean, it, it, but I would I would prefer. I mean, we'll we'll get into this with him. I mean, I'm not looking to throw an NFL size ball. Maybe more of like a yeah. youth ball.
2: Yeah. I don't understand why we have to even have NFL size. Do you, Do you understand? I always I'd never knew. Do I have average hands, medium hands, uh, small small big? hands? I I thought I had decent size hands, but I really have average hands because, right. um, uh, I do look at people. Sometimes I look at people's fingers and I'm like, God, that person's got really long fingers. I bet they can grip right. a football pretty well. Like sometimes women have extraordinarily long fingers. And all I can think of was they might be able to palm a basketball or grip an NFL size football a lot better right.
1: than I can. And that's, that that, yeah. that might be the truth. Um, can you, palm you kind of have fat you kind of have fat fingers. No, you think I? I do, mean, no, I they're really not don't. actually. Now yeah. that I see them, yeah, it was a li- it was a little deceptive on the camera. Yeah, um, I really, don't. I can, I cannot. No, I can't palm a basketball. I don't think an I can with my like
2: left basketball. hand. My
1: kid's ball, I can. Yeah,
2: I can with my left hand, but grabbing an NFL college, an NFL football. Well,
1: college is a lot harder. Um, it's like fatter, right? Isn't the college uh, football a little fatter and shorter and the NFL ball is a little more elongated? I think it is. Am I making is. that I think up? There, the, no, yeah. no, no, no. I think there is There's a, a difference, difference between the
2: two footballs. To me, the perfect the size NFL was, looked easier. Well, the perfect size, well, if you grab a football, you understand why they say you need to have, you know, Big nine hands. inch hands or bigger. Yeah. But whenever I, um, like my kids will have a football that's somewhere in between. And to me, it's like perfect. You know, it's a, oh, it's a football football. Youth ball. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, you get it's a perfect. really good grip on it. You can you spin can rip it. it about
1: about 40, 40 yeah. yards. You can you run know, a little hundred yeah.
2: percent. Yeah, that that's yeah. what I wish. Uh, well, I guess NFL players well, that's seem what would be feels doing okay. like for those
1: guys. That's yeah. what it feels like for them.
2: I guess so. With the big hands,
1: like like, have you ever shot baskets like on a kit? Like, have you ever shot with like on one of the adjustable hoops, where you get you know put it down to about seven to see what a a, a seven footer feels like. Right, right. You're shooting almost into the basket, like down almost. So unbelievable. You're like, this is what it feels like to be Giannis. Okay. Okay. You're always it, around what the happens, rim. What happens is I immediately become less impressed. I do too. And I think to myself,
2: yeah, he can jump high, but look how close he is to the rim. Big deal. Look how
1: close he is. Yeah. Big, big deal. deal.
2: Everything is really just very, everything around the basket is just a series of, of Drop ins, drop, yeah, just this little flicks. Fun. I mean, right. yeah, I usually am playing against a kid whenever I've right. got it at that height, right, pretty sure. much always, right? So, I guess it would probably be different with an adult trying to block your shot. Um, yeah. harder than a kid, probably because I can't really, I can pretty much dominate my kids on that size goal, um, yeah, although. Although my my one son, I will say, since I jacked up my shoulder, my shot has had to turn into a one hand shot. And my uh, son Alec, who's got a really nice sweet jumper, um, it's hard to beat him in a game of horse. Now it's like really, really, really oh yeah, because he can drain them from far. And right. It, yeah. It's it's it's. Well, and it's you've got tough. some issues too. Well, I got the medically. shoulder. So All right.
1: You got the shoulder. It
2: looks like I can shoot it right here, but this is as far as this can go. So when I have to, it can't. It can't go up with the follow through. So yeah. Right. The, uh, the shoulder is going to be a problem. I got a, yeah. I got a sense that this could be a lifelong problem now. Yeah. It makes yeah. me, uh, not super happy about it, but you have any injuries yet? You will have one at some point that lasts
1: for the rest of your life. Oh, Do you sure. have any
2: yet that um, you say, oh, this may I be mean, a lifelong problem.
1: I have some lingering stuff, but no, not, I, I have a lingering, um, ankle that if i depending on if i'm running on a pretty regular basis will creep up on me i really really like to run uh it is for sure my preferred uh means of of uh exercise so i have to take it easy i can't run more than like uh yeah i was trying to train for like a half marathon again which i could do but it definitely depending on how many days in a row i'm running and in the distance it it can get it can get tricky there so I got to take care of my ankle.
2: Uh, yeah, ankle, hip, knee, man, those foot Running's toe, tough. Those it's things just not a all, great.
1: It's running's not it's, a great. It's rough like, on it's, it's you, a, and it, once you get yeah. one
2: injury, it can turn into multiple injuries.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do so you got for me? I got something me, dude? I want
2: to hit you with. I want to. I, yeah. I want to hit you with something movie related. Okay, so I was okay. a little sad. The AMC Thirty right down the street for me. It's been open for twenty seven mm-hmm. years. It just closed down this week permanently. And unfortunately, we're going to see more and more of the closings of movie theaters. I want to see that we've already seen four or five in the Houston area, some major ones. And I'm obviously worried about, I, I guess we'll still keep getting movies. They're just, we may consume them differently. But personally, I enjoyed going to the movies. Is that something that you enjoy doing or did you enjoy it less as you've gotten older?
1: I love it. I just found less time to do it, Same. and with kids, as you know, it becomes just a really expensive night out. But yes. I love, love, love going to the theater.
2: I do too. So let me ask you a series of questions. I want to, I want to get your sense of, well, to the theater, to the movie theater.
1: Milk duds. Yeah. Go.
2: Okay. So we already know where that one's headed. But let me, yes. let me start here.
1: Second, what to last time row.
2: is your, what time is your preference? Oh, that's, that's one too. Stop answering questions that okay, haven't been sorry. asked yet. Alex sorry, Trebek. Go. Shout out to Alex Okay, Trebek. Go.
1: Yeah, rip.
2: So what, um, when do you like to go? Do you like to go by yourself or with your wife? With someone.
1: Okay. With someone. With, with anyone.
2: Wife. Yeah. Cause I've gone yeah. with my buddy, Chris. Me, he and I used to go see a bunch of movies. Do you like to go to movies with other couples?
1: I don't mind it, but that's not something I would choose to do with other couples. I would prefer go with like my wife or yeah, you know, parents, friends, whatever. Yeah, I'm not. Do you I, I go but, see but not with like a, not like a double day. I you mean, a lot of times over the holidays. Parents? Yeah, a lot of times over the holidays. Like, uh, we'll go. You know, we'll we'll leave the kids at home and we'll go see a movie. Like, you know what? You know, there's always such a good. First of all, I'm always. I've got screeners oftentimes, but it's, there's so many movies that come out, as you know, over the holidays. And so before I vote in, uh, the SAG awards, I always like to see obviously <clears> as many <throat> as I possibly can. And so, um, I like to see them in the theater if I can. And you know, my parents love to go see, them. they see, so you have to keep a DVD player
2: on. You have to a, you have to keep a DVD player on hand.
1: No, mostly now they've moved all to electronic. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is electronic now, for the most part. There are still – so, like, when you get your SAG screeners, basically, before it happens, they'll send you what movies are going to come in DVD form, what movies are going to come electronically, and what movies are going to come in the form of, like, movie passes, in which case you can take them to the theater with that movie pass and go see it for free. Okay, okay. I got you.
2: Now, okay, so you like going to movies with your parents? Got that check. Here is my My wife.
1: What time of the day do you like to go? I like to go in the evening. So I like and
2: what time?
1: So I like to go on the week. I don't care about day really. That doesn't bother me as much. Um, But I'm not a matinee movie person. I don't want to come out and see sunlight. So I like to either go, get an early dinner. Depending on it, this always depends on the movie too. Get a dinner with the wife, have a couple drinks, then go to the movie or hit the like five thirty (laughs) six movie, then go out to then go out to dinner afterwards. Okay, All right. Yeah, I I prefer middle of the day. I'm
2: really the exact opposite. I prefer weekday. I prefer middle of the day because I don't care about seeing movies with other people. Like I like seeing it with my wife, but I don't need other people in the, I don't need other people in the, in the movie theater with me. You know what I mean? Like, I guess some people like the energy that's there unless we have good spacing. Now, some of the newer movie theaters, I remember I went and saw get out when I was in Indianapolis uh, at the combine and everything was, you know, the the, recliner, reclining seats that gives you proper space from other people. I'm okay. The movie theater can be filled up if I've got space. I don't want to be sitting next to somebody like I'm jammed into,
1: you know, um a, a, an airplane seat. Next to two I totally other I'm totally with you on that. But that being said, I do want to be in a crowded theater if it's like a great comedy. So if I'm going to see a comedy, I want to be in a theater with people because laughter is contagious. And I just think that the experience is a lot different <clears> when you're in a full theater as opposed to an empty theater. But if it's That's uh, true. like a drama or a thriller or something like that, thriller probably also more fun, like a scary movie, more fun with people. Because, again, the screams, just the collective energy in there uh, is better. Tracking on movie theaters, which I'm totally down with the recliners. There's one here in La Jolla. They have a great theater. Here's where they go wrong. They have service during the movie so and that i have a real problem with like i do not want a fucking waiter or waitress or server coming by in the middle of the movie and they they're wearing black and they duck down not even when they're sneaking down no no you should have during trailers you should still be able to order after that get your ass up head out if you can't make it through two hours with the one drink or one thing you got i mean it's bad enough i gotta listen to the the, the paper in your fucking chicken tenders while you eat them or smell, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, you know, hot dog you ordered. But I don't, you know, I, I feel like that kind of stuff has gone a little overboard. I understand why theaters are doing it, but that kind of stuff I don't like. I like the big chairs. I like the being able to drink alcohol in there. I don't mind having a server for the trailers, but after trailers, get out, get out. So it.
2: we've got a theater here, I pick. We have an I pick here and mm-hmm. um, they do the same thing. They'll come in. You can buzz them and they'll come in and they can, although you get your food typically before, you know, you, yes. you at least order Just it, but they the bring it. Yeah, but they bring it during during the movie, but they duck down. It's quiet. It's unobtrusive. And it's not mm. a huge movie theater, by the way. It's only like 24 seats that cost a fuck ton to yep, get in a course. seat. I mean, it's a ton, but it's... You got a blanket, like it's a, you got your own little cubby with one other person. Yeah, I'm sure that
1: blanket's really clean. I'm going have COVID.
2: uh, Well, I haven't been since the big C came out, but I'm thinking that, yeah, knowing you, knowing what we know about you, I'm quick to grab that blanket. Would it make you feel better if the airline, if they did it like airlines where the airlines put it back in plastic to make you think it's clean?
1: Yes. Okay. I know it's clean in the airline. First of all, I don't use it, so I don't care. But second of all... Uh, like even in the airline, I don't use it. If I do, I take it out and it's on my jeans, you know? So, and the jeans are getting washed the moment I get out. Well, I'm not let me putting tell you it in I'm my mouth. Doing. Let me tell you what I'm not doing ever is traveling or going to a movie theater in shorts. <clears throat> that never happens. You probably wait, travel wait, in shorts. Wait, wait, wait. Um, I have before. Yeah, yeah I have barely. before. Wait. In flip flops? Let me so ask you that. Where... Have you ever traveled in flip flops? No,
2: Never. Never, okay. I don't believe okay. in men having open-toed shoes on. I just don't even fundamentally no. believe okay. it. Okay, but, good. But hold on a second. So you, I live in Houston now. You may remember Houston; it's a place you used to live. Yeah. yeah. So what are you? You're packing on your jeans in the middle of August, getting
1: ready to fly out somewhere. Okay, well, with swamp yes, ass. Sure.
2: Oh, okay. I have never cool. worn
1: shorts on a plane. What? <laughs> What's your problem with shorts on a plane? It's just there's too much exposed skin. I want to have pants on. <laughs> I want to have uh, you know a t-shirt, and then if I do have a t-shirt, maybe like a like a, a light like jacket or sweater, or 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 like sweatshirt or something. But not no way I'm wearing shorts on a plane. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
2: I, I can't believe this is the first time I've heard or anyone or ever a say movie that.
1: theater or a movie theater.
2: She's too much. So stuff. what's the what do you mean? Too much stuff? You're watching a there's movie. Just, you're sitting in a chair. What do you mean? It's too, but but okay. Just what about a, lot a restaurant? Of germs. Can you wear shorts? Can you wear shorts in yeah. a restaurant? Yeah, you can wear shorts in
1: a restaurant. What? Outdoor. What's the
2: difference? Out. Outdoor. Difference? That, that, you think people are getting handies in the
1: in the in the movie theater? Yeah. Is that the? Well, I know that. Yeah, people got arrested for that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's but happened. the other thing is like the 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 restaurant chair is like a. Um, you know, it's like a wooden chair, a plastic chair. It's like pretty like, it's not like, it's not big, cushiony. Like the plane doesn't, it's got absorbent. shit air. It's absorbent. Yeah. Like somebody sat in there and like, you know, was just dropping farts. And now I'm coming in and it's all like soaking in there. And yeah. now I have their fart germs That on my makes legs. sense to me. Like
2: I'll, I'll travel. When I I, have if, I go to,
1: if I go to Cabo. <laughs> on my legs. If I go to Cabo, I'm still wearing jeans and then I'll change when I get to the house or the hotel. Hershey pants? Okay. No, God, okay. no. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you, you this. You Where do, you sit do you ever in the theater? wear leather pants? No, no. Where do you oh, sit in the theater?
2: I heard you say second to last is what you said. My wife prefers to sit last row. I prefer to yeah, be like about upper middle, middle yes. to upper middle, and, and, far enough i like to be somewhere near
1: the aisle if possible i don't have to be in the yes. middle the, the right no so I, big, I don't i don't need
2: yeah. that I, I like quick exits
1: i do too and i also which i feel like we've talked about i have like a uh i don't know it, like if i have like an enlarged prostate or something but i pee all day and i rarely make it through a movie without peeing like having to go to the bathroom so i i'm always getting up i'm a mess
2: well, I'm the same. Like, well, it's because I get one of those gigantic $8 diet cokes.
1: And no, those you are good drink for you. that. Those are really good for Yeah, you. no. That's awesome. Well, diet. Yeah. yeah. When you yeah, drink oh, it's that, diet, right.
2: Yeah. When you drink it, it's going to, you're not going to make it through a movie without using it. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's a lock. That's
1: and then lock. what are you, what what's your, what's your, like, what are you going to snack wise?
2: Okay. So. I don't do this anymore. I usually don't get a a lot of snacks there, but I do like, I am a fan of the nachos with the, with the pickled jalapenos, but I also, my my all time favorite, my all time favorite (laughs) when all bets are off, my all time favorite when all bets are off is a little bit of popcorn and some chocolate almonds because the chocolate and the saltiness of the, of the popcorn is delicious.
1: It's delicious. Yeah. That's why I put, that's why I put milk duds duds in my. That's why I put them in my popcorn.
2: Now, you're, in the, have you're never, in the right neighborhood. Yeah, You're in the right neighborhood with that, just not the Milk Dud.
1: Ever, ever, ever gotten nachos at a movie theater? <laughs> Hell no. I mean, what? are you serious? You probably also get one it's, of those hot dogs that's turling on the little thing at the 7-Eleven. No. It's just been uh, sitting there no, no. like, a, like a leather penis, no. and it has been turning no, there for I've about got, a week.
2: I, well... I haven't gotten that or the taquitos because they also sell taquitos in there.
1: So well, if, they still, never if t- you get nachos, then you might as well get nachos at 7-Eleven. I mean, it's the same thing. No, uh, similar. But they're already in a package of cheese that's
2: got its own package on, which might help you a little bit. It's a package of chips now where you can mm-hmm. open up your own chips. So you're really just getting chips and a package of cheese.
1: I mean, not cheese, but like something that tastes well, like cheese. Cheeseish, like a, yeah, cheeseish. Like a like basically mayonnaise with like cheese flavor, artificial cheese flavor. No,
2: I don't think there's any mayonnaise in it. Is it? Was it at one time kind of a powdery form? It's. I mean, I, yes, hundred percent. That's possible. My, I will have a. I've had a hot dog there before. It's fine. It's just you know, it's a hot dog. It's no big deal. Um, but the best all time is getting the chocolate almonds and the popcorn. It's obviously slothful. Um, and it's, it's very, um, indulgent,
1: but let me ask you, this. Like. do you start eating? I oftentimes will start on the popcorn when I sit down, but I am not putting the milk duds in the popcorn or even going until after the trailers. Cause I'll, I'll wipe them out before the, tra- before the trailers are that's over and I've got a whole movie with no food Nothing. and that's yeah. a
2: problem. That's a problem. So I typically will get there. I like to get there for the trailers, but if I'm there with my wife, it's almost impossible because we tend to run late. She'll blame it on me, but it's always her. And so is
1: always late.
2: She's always late. And I'm going to hear about this at some point. I'll find out when she's listening to our podcast by when she says that this is wrong, but she is always late. And so yeah. I like seeing movie. I, I like seeing movie trailers. Have to see the trailer. I love seeing trailers. Yeah. But Have you, are, you ever
1: thought about lying to Nicole and giving her like a 15 minute window? I've there? done it like before. Like telling her it starts at I've seven, it but it really starts at seven 15.
2: I've done it before. I've done it with flights. Yeah, of course. Um, I've done it with the flight before. I've done it like two times. Once as a dinner, maybe once or twice was a dinner. Once was a flight. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she can sense when I'm lying because she still gets ready to go out of the house at the, and she looks great now. Don't get me wrong. But um, I just think we could start the looking great process maybe a little earlier. earlier. Yeah, maybe a little yeah. earlier. Like, like I mean, I she feel likes to like do this too. Something- Does your wife do this? Oh, um, before we go, let me just fold this quick load of laundry. What? No, it can just stay on this bed. Let's go. Let um, me just vacuum my real quick. wife.
1: No. Has never said, let me fold this load of laundry and okay. has never said, let me vacuum real quick. Those okay. words have never come out of her mouth. Certainly not when we're trying to leave the house, but they have never, ever come out of her mouth. I am Sorry. the one who would be saying those things, but not my yes. wife. Now, you—you um, you what the my one, wife yeah. will do is I'll say, uh, babe, will you, I'm already on, I'm watching like TV on the bed, dressed, like fully dressed, obviously and i'll say uh hey babe will you give me like about a- <laughs> obviously Tell you don't want to get germs on you i see can you give me about 10 minutes uh like a- when you're about 10 minutes away cuz then i'll call the uber she oh yeah 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 for sure and so i'll look down at my watch we're supposed to be leaving at 7 it's like 703 all right you think you're about 10 away she's like e- for sure yep 10 away all right cool so i'm going to call that uber she's like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah no. for sure so i'll call the uber i'm like all right babe the uber says that he's 8 minutes away you think you can make oh for sure yeah 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 i'm fine i'm She's literally, she'll say, I'm ready and I'll look over and she's not even dressed. And I'm like, but you're not even dressed. She's like, but that's like, I just slipped that on. I'm just, it's, I'm ready. But then there's like a, she literally will look ready. She looks fantastic. Everything she has all, like it's all happening. And I feel like we're walking you out did. and she's like, I just have to go grab something really quick and whatever that something is, yeah. which is always like an extra bracelet or uh, a one uh, like an earring change, or maybe the bag just didn't feel right with the shoe combo thing. And uh, it's like, it's just a, uh, what happens is I'm in the Uber with Samson trying to explain to him that like my wife is on the way out, even though he's already been there for five minutes mm-hmm. and I know I'm getting charged.
2: They love that. Yeah. And they love that. Um, the last here's, minute, here's the something last that minute my wife change. does and I didn't the last minute change. Yeah. So here's something that my wife does that I didn't, I had always thought this, but then I, uh, during COVID I saw what she does. She says, I'm headed home. Like I'll text her and maybe she's out with the girls or whatever. And she goes, Hey, um, I'll say everything, you know, doing okay. Everything good. Do you need a ride? Whatever. She's yeah, no, I'm headed. We're going, we're about to get in an Uber right now. I'm I'm headed home no they're not and so i think that that means she's headed home and then no. it could be like another hour yeah. i me and her me and my wife were at my friend chris's house uh with uh with his girl and we were during covid we would be on like sundays we would get together and we we we'd cook we'd get food we would watch shows cuz we knew that was our kind of covid I, bubble enough, couple enough you don't have
1: to explain the covid bubble yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay that. okay right. so they Let's would get over
2: that yeah we're, we're done with that yeah, we're done. With I that. had COVID, no more So now we don't.
1: Yeah, we don't. Care. Like no more disclaimers about like I did it with them, and I definitely wouldn't. And ask they were me. our I bubbles. Totally, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that. So I, don't give a shit, I saw
2: my kids call nonstop when we're gone, nonstop, and we had been there at their house for like three or four. hours. Like it was time to go, and I saw her answer, and they go, "When did we come? You know, when are you coming?" Alec did, and she said, "Or no, she did it on the phone." So when are you coming? She goes, "We're leaving right now," and hung up. And there was, and I was like ready to get up to stand up and leave, and then she just kept going like it was just okay. Where were we? And I realized, <clears> wait a minute, I've seen this before. I've seen this story. That's what I've been and on we the didn't leave side. for forty five minutes. Yeah, this is how it happens. This is what it looks like. Oh, I'm coming home right now. Gets him off the back. Gets me off her back. Whoever it is, and then she just goes on about her day.
1: Dude, I totally hear you. I I think there is like a built in cushion that your wife and my wife often have, where they're just kind of like a built-in, like uh, like a soft five, just a soft five minutes. I know, and I have to now make adjustments to their That's cushion. Right. So I have yeah, to cushion like their cushion. Yeah, halftime adjustments. That's right, halftime yeah. adjustments. You cushion to the cushion. But my wife also, it sounds like a wife bitch fest. It's totally not. My wife. No, 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 thing ever. Um, but the other thing you have to kind of do, at least I do, my wife oftentimes, she'll be like, I'll be home in 10 minutes. And she'll be home in 25 minutes, but she actually thinks that's 10 minutes. Like she has like the con her concept of time is a little off. She'll be like, yeah, <laughs> we'll be there in, in like half an hour. I'm like, do you think so? I don't think we will be there in half an hour.
2: And my concept of time is incredible.
1: Mine's I know ex- on.
2: I know exactly how long everything takes. Yeah, everything, me too. And yeah. I can stick with it.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel very good about that. I feel confident saying how good my my concept of time. I've is. described it
2: as a superhero power that I have to Granado. and he. I said, "Listen, I can tell you how long it will take me to get from here to really anywhere in the city, and mm-hmm. I can get there within two minutes. I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll be inside of two minutes. Correct on that one. So you're
1: it's basically just, like a like a place kicker. You're 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 adjusting for traffic route. Um, yes, you see what you probably do with a lot of people who don't have high. Uh, time concept IQs. You're accounting for the mm-hmm. time it's going to take you to get your keys, get out of the office, get down to the parking garage. Yes, all that. See, a lot of people I, won't do. I that. segment it.
2: I say, okay, yes. Yeah, se- I say six right. minutes from right now down to the car. Then it's going to be from here to there. It's going to take that long. than getting out. Like that's why some so see, people I work always backwards. No so like if
1: I've got a like, if I've got a flight and the flight's at like seven o five, I work backwards. I say, okay, seven o five p.m. flight. That means I got to be there with checked baggage at oh, 6. yeah. So if I'm working backwards from 6, that means I got to be parking the car at 5.45. That means I got to be leaving the mm-hmm. house at 5.05. That means I got to tell Katie 4.45. Okay, I'm ready to go. Always working backwards. That's Now,
2: I do that too. For flying, that's exactly what I do. That's yeah, the only way you do can do it. It's, well, it's the no, only, no, that's way, that's you the
1: only can. way geniuses and high well, the only IQ talk to people it. like you and I high
2: Right. Not everybody right, does right. that. You work backwards so you know that your end day, like what is your end time? What's your end I, mark? I feel like some people say, Oh, my flight is at seven thirty. Get there like seven. No, no, no. No. You start your flight is at your flight is at six thirty. I mean, the traffic you would say, all right, I have to get there by six thirty. If right. it's a seven thirty flight, or or not even six thirty, you don't know, wait. I don't do time of flight. I do boarding time. I don't care boarding, about what time the
1: flights. Only what time it boards. Right, boarding time is huge. <laughs> of course, you got to look at that. The other thing some people make the common mistake of doing is they go, "I always just leave two hours before." Like I've timed it and it works. That's terrible because at five fifty in the morning you don't need to leave that early. But at five, no, you're night, you're up there three hours. Like you're up you there way too careful. long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: You got to know, you've got to know what time, yeah, you have to have a high time concept IQ without question. Some people have, it, some people don't. Um, have you, you've, I have still, I still haven't flown yet, but I did read an article that Houston's intercontinental airport, um, Mm -hmm. Bush airport Mm -hmm. is now at about 80. It's off capacity by 82%. So when I do fly, it is going to be
1: the easiest flight of all time. I still haven't. Flown. I've flown a lot. I mean, I shouldn't say <laughs> a lot. I've made five right. four or five flights uh during this time and it's been a breeze. And I felt extremely safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been a breeze. The airports have been pretty open. Um flights have been, you know, fairly, fairly open for the most part. Um, yeah, it right. hadn't been bad at all. Hadn't been bad at all. I like I like traveling. I don't travel. Uh, I love traveling. I don't, I don't travel too much, so I like traveling. When I'm traveling, like if I'm on a job somewhere and I'm traveling a lot, then I, I start to get tired of it. But I don't. I don't dislike traveling. But I've never had a job that required me to travel so much that I. Well, didn't. then you're not looking
2: forward to doing things when you get That's to right. the destination. That's totally different. Also, if you Work have is kids totally different.
1: and a family, you'd be amazed at how lovely like a travel day can be. Just if you're by yourself like a solo oh. travel day. I thought you were, the,
2: I thought you were trying to sell me on. You'd be amazed how lovely it is traveling with an entire family of children. I was <laughs> like, huh. that's
1: the worst thing ever.
2: Cause I've done, cause I've done that a couple of times that's with terrible. car seat, with baby seats, car seats, you oh, know? Oh Yeah. No. And when my kids were a lot younger and it is a, it is a challenge. It's cause terrible. you can't all, it's sometimes it's hard to all sit together. So we've got to, okay, it will be me with these two kids, Nicole, it's you yep. with those two kids. Yep. And yeah, it's uh. That's not easy. I'm not a big fan, and I know you aren't either, of just sticking electronic in a ki- electronics in a kid's face. However, it's totally on. okay on yep. a long road trip or on a flight. You Always. can watch as much as you want. Let's make yep. sure we have a power adapter. Let's yep. make sure we have a battery pack backup.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, all bets are off on a travel, on a travel day. You can eat chips. You can watch the iPad. You can, you can do whatever you want like on, in a plane. Just, just be there and be, be, it just don't like go crazy. I'm fine with that. I'm all bets are off on a plane. All right, dude, let's get into our guest today. Uh, before he pops on Quincy Avery, uh, one of the premier (coughs) quarterback coaches, uh, has some really phenomenal talent. Um, some of the guys he's got Deshaun Watson, he's got, Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Fields. Who else? Uh, I think he's working with
2: Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um, he has Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He he yeah. ran his quarterback, uh, his quarterback workout last year at Oklahoma. Oklahoma also Pro Jacob
1: Day. Eason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got he's got some really premier arms. I'm excited to talk to him about the quarterback position, the details of the quarterback position, specifics of the quarterback position, what makes a good quarterback. You know, it is. Without a doubt, I would say the most important position in team sports, and so I'm really interested to you know hear his insight into some of the guys he's training and what makes a quarterback special. Um, you know, there are 32 yeah, out so there. So much but, of it is a, some of them are really special,
2: and so much of it is mental being a quarterback, yeah. and that's something yeah. that you know training someone's mind is that's a, that's really a challenge. So his company is called Quarterback Takeover. And he is one of the up-and-coming quarterback trainers. And so that has been something that we've seen. Uh, George Whitfield, Steve Clarkson, Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Quincy Avery now. So there's no shortage of guys who know what they're doing with in terms of quarterback training. And, and Quincy's a guy coming up now. I had a chance to meet Quincy, um, I, guess a, I guess, about a year ago. He is Deshaun Watson's personal quarterback coach. He has been since... Uh, Deshaun was in high school and he still spends a lot of time with Deshaun. He flies down from Atlanta here, but of course he works with a variety of quarterbacks. And, and I think one of the things that makes him unique is that, you know, he wants, uh, the quarterbacks he works with and specifically, uh, the black quarterbacks to have a voice because that's, it's such a leadership, a leadership position. And, and having a voice can mean, I think a lot of different things. It can be in a community. It can be for young people. Um, it can be on a team. It, it, it can really encapsulate a lot, especially in this day and age. So we will uh, uh, get with Quincy about that. But uh, always a fun guy to talk to and a guy who really understands the position. What I'm going to find out is how much Quincy knows about the things we talk about also. the mo- I want to find out if Quincy has time to go to the movies. Like, who doesn't? At some point in your life, everybody went to the movies. Of course. Everybody's got point, a ritual everybody too.
1: Yeah. Everybody's got a movie ritual. you know. He's mean? a dad, dad too. Something. So, so. Uh, it's
2: it's likely he doesn't get out to the movies as much because he's a dad also. Right. And, you know,
1: the whole COVID thing. <laughs> right. That kind of uh, slowed the movies down. All right, here we go. Quincy Avery.
2: Joining us right now is the president, CEO, the CFO, the man who handles technology, Science page, I don't know. You do everything. You're quarterback takeover, and that's uh, Quincy Avery. The quarterback takeover, when did uh, when did you officially get the name quarterback takeover? When did you decide, this is what my company is going to be called?
0: I started it, or I got the name in 2016, um, got away from my name and made a quarterback takeover. I just wanted to do something that would allow me to grow as a business and branch out to do more things.
2: All right, so i got to ask you this. When Deshaun Watson, so the guy that that is – Probably your most famous client. We'll get into a list of them. But Deshaun, um, he's won a national championship. So you were there for that. I would assume you were at the game. Yeah. So describe, there's two different, there's three different feelings I want you to describe. The national championship feeling, the picked in the draft feeling, and then the big paycheck that just came with that second, uh, with that second contract. They're all very different. One is a win on the field. One is your dream that you are making it into the NFL. And one is the big dream of financial security and what that means to so many people around you. Kind of, I know you were there for, I think, all three of them. So I'm kind of interested what it was like being around Deshaun for all three of those momentous moments in his life.
0: It was, it's really touching to really be around somebody who you feel like you've genuinely helped get to the level in which they're at, and then seeing kind of, you got to see his emotions, right? Deshaun's not somebody that you'll often see him doing things that let you know exactly how he feels, but we saw those things at each of those moments. The, to me, the coolest one to me was seeing him get that big contract. Like that is is different because you know that his family's set up for life. You know, his kids, kids, kids are gonna be set. Um, and you know that a lot of people <laughs> get around throughout this whole period of time are going to be, be in a good situation. I've, I have really built everything around trying to help him out as much as possible so he could, he could really get to that moment.
1: How long have you been working with, uh, with Deshaun? When did you guys start? Started working with
0: Deshaun his junior year in high school, so we've, we've been together for uh, quite a long period of time
1: what happens when a guy who you've been working with now he goes to college Clemson obviously has a quarterback coach. They got a head coach. They got an offensive coordinator. How do you balance your relationship with Deshaun when the school that he's at has already has somebody in place to help him with that?
0: Yeah. At that time it was more difficult than it is now. Right. Because I wasn't as established as I am. And then people didn't necessarily respect the things that I do in the same way. But in dealing with those situations, it's really about just being an addition, right? And the things that – I don't think people know that coaches on a team don't have the opportunity to really talk about the fundamentals in the way that I do in the offseason. So it's really about building those things so that he's prepared fundamentally to do everything that he can to be successful.
2: I I, I like the fact that you say what our completion percentage needs to be, what we need to do, because really – that that latches you in with him as a team like he knows there's somebody with him he knows that w- you're in it together when you say we and our and, and he knows that his success or his failures are part of what you your success and your fa- failures and so no matter how hard things get you're right there with him going through it and trying to help him get through adversity
0: 100 percent. and when he struggles it's we're struggling and when he's doing really well it's we're doing well so it's I mean, everything's like a shared experience. Um, I don't get the uh, 120 million dollar guaranteed or whatever. I don't have that in the bank account, but everything else, it's like um, we're we're always in it, lockstep. So he talks about he talks. We get to talk about like all major, all big decisions, football wise. So it's really cool to be involved like that. All
2: right, so I want to take people back. One of the cool stories, um, you know, I was somebody who got my start because I hustled and I. I I had to invent myself and I had to invent my business and I had to invent my opportunity. And, uh, you did the same thing. I I know your story, you and I've talked about it and I, I wanted to see if you would share, you know, the entirety of your story of how you started with Deshaun and quarterback takeover, because to me, it's such a great message of, of how you have to fight through adversity how you have to keep believing in yourself and how sometimes you just need, you have to recognize when that one opportunity drops in your lap.
0: A hundred percent. You want me to start like at UCLA or after UCLA doing the, the well, let's trip? start at UCLA. Okay. So I get done with college. I don't have a job. I knew that I wanted to coach in football. I knew Rick Neuheisel hadn't been at UCLA long. So I pack up all my things from my, my apartment moving out. I just drive to UCLA. Don't have a job. I'm sitting on the couch and every day, for the first day, Rick Newhouse gets here like, who are you? What are you doing? I told him I wanted a job. He's like, that's not how this works. did that for three days. He would walk into the office. I would be there begging for a job. The final day, he's like, if you come tomorrow, I'll give you an opportunity to talk to me. So the next day we start talking. He realizes that I know a little bit. I'm personable enough where it could work on the staff. He knew some people who my father had known. So... I uh, he lets me volunteer. So I, I live in a locker room for two years, working, working nonstop all day, all night and then sleeping on the floor. And I do that. And then I realize that maybe coaching college football is is not for me. I want to be more involved in guys private in their private instruction, like teaching them the game um, just at the quarterback level. So I pack up all my stuff. I figure I can move to Atlanta. There's not a ton of quarterback trainers out there. I'll get to Atlanta. Um, I'll be able to just take over this quarterback training thing, but that was not the case. I ended up living out of my car for another year and a half, and I would get up in the morning. mornings. I would uh, go work out at the gym, go to Starbucks, and I would look through the Georgia Middle School, High School Athletic Directory for every kid numbered one through 19, and I would message either them or their parents on Facebook Until finally, I got one guy who who decided they would train with me, which was Josh Dobbs. Got Josh Dobbs and started training with me. We started working together, helped him make the Elite 11, which is the most prestigious event for all high school quarterbacks. And from there, following year, I met Deshaun and my business kind of just exploded from there.
1: Hey, man, all it takes is one, you know, and and, uh, you just keep hustling, you keep hustling and all it takes is one. It sounds like that's what it was. It was Dobbs and then it was Watson and, and, you know, then all of a sudden you, you know, (laughs) You take off, you know, and that's 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 pretty uh, that's pretty admirable. And, and working that hard to get it, you know, um, makes it feel that much sweeter. I can imagine.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it, it. It felt good for me because I knew how much I sacrificed. Like I could have got a regular job doing something that I didn't necessarily like or wasn't in football or wasn't passionate about. But then I wouldn't have lived the life that I want to preach to everybody else. And it allows me to do what I do now. It allows me to tell guys that be disciplined, do the things that you're supposed to do every day. And it, you may not see the results that day. Right. But if you continue to do it day in, day out and just keep chipping away, um, the results that you may get at the end um, could be limitless.
1: Most importantly, if you're doing what you love, it's not a job. Right. I mean, you're going to bust your ass doing it.
0: I wake up every morning. And I love exactly what I get to do. I get to work with the best athletes in the world, help make them be better better quarterbacks, and change not only their lives but their family's lives. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I get to help people's dreams come true.
2: But, I, you know, it, you bring up something that when you go through the hustle that you went through and you go through the, the tough times, um, you really develop – and it's something i talked to, to Chris Ballard about uh, and, and his guy, Brian Decker, who's one of his – their psychological coaches, and he does stuff with the Colts. But, you know, when you go through adversity – and you learn to beat adversity, you learn to overcome adversity or you handle adversity like you did. That was not that was just part of your journey. You didn't look at it as adversity probably. It was part of your journey, but once you once you got that in your background, you really feel like you can do anything. I mean, you feel kind of like nothing's going to be too hard for me. And I think one of the things that we see with a younger group of kids, and maybe I'm speaking, you know, out of turn here and maybe it's not as many as we think, but it feels like there's a lot of people who just think it should just come. And it's like the generation at times feels like it's missing. Part of the beauty is the hustle. And when you hustle it and you do it yourself and you've been through the tough times and you've come out on the other side, it's, it
0: makes you way stronger from a character standpoint. I don't even like dealing with people who haven't been through adversity, um, especially dealing with quarterbacks who haven't been through adversity. There's nothing for them to draw back on in terms of when I'm going through a rough patch, I know that I can get through it because I've done it this time. Um, And it's really weird, like talking about this young generation. Yeah, it's a younger generation problem. I think a lot of it's been caused by parents who don't allow their kids to go through anything. Every time things get at all difficult, they try to remove every barrier. And, And that creates a situation in which they can't really be successful long term.
2: You're right. Allow your kids to fail. I mean, that's one of the best gifts you can give them is letting them fail because once they fail some, just like falling off the bike, we, in our generation, I guess has hovered a lot. You don't want, you know, you don't want your kid to get hurt riding a bike. You don't want them to do this. You but you know what we did and and we're okay. We're, we're going to be all right. So uh, I do think letting your kids figure it out. I, my wife and I will talk about it. Sometimes I just want my kids to figure shit out. They got to figure shit out. I, I know we want to jump in, but I also know it's not right. You, it, it's not for best for them.
0: You're going to deal with some difficult stuff, whether you're a quarterback, whether you're just a man, a husband, whatever. The difficulties are going to come up. They're going to arise. And if you, don't, if you don't have a way or anything to bounce back, back on or fall back on that lets you know, like, I can do it. It's, it's, life gets really, really hard. And I understand why kids are a lot of the way that they are now. Because if a kid gets a bad grade, his parents and they're not telling this kid to work harder, but they're trying to get the grade changed from him. It's,
1: it's disappointing. Uh, so one of the hardest positions in sports is quarterback. I think it's probably fair to say it's maybe the most important position in team sports. Uh, you know, you look at great teams. They've suffered because they have mediocre quarterback play. You look at mediocre teams, and they've found a way to succeed because they got great quarterback play. Um, you know, and bailed coaches out. Uh, by just playing great and making things happen, um, g- give us some examples. Like you know, let's let's get into it here a minute. I, I want to know, you know, uh, and if you don't if you don't want to say it, I can say it and you can agree or disagree. But there, you know, give us an example of teams that are out there that have quarterbacks who are way better than their record or the team they're on to
0: Deshaun Watson uh, yeah. and I'd say that because I think this is the best season of football Deshaun's ever played um yep. at the professional level he is playing so well above the neck physically like he's doing everything that you could do at the quarterback position and they're just not they're not winning games and it's like oh man that's frustrating but they're losing um but he's playing great so They're losing despite all the good things and all the positive he he has going on for himself this year. They're still not managing to win football games, and that that's difficult to watch. Difficult to see somebody go through some stuff like that. Someone who I think's teams playing much better, and this isn't hasn't been traditionally been a case for this person, right? It's just right now, Ben Roethlisberger's team is undefeated. Yeah, watch the tape. He's not playing that well, right? He does enough for his team to win games. He's not dominating. Um and his team is playing lights out. They're really good at a lot of other positions and he's just managing the game fairly well. And and you see them being successful and I'm not taking anything away from Ben. I think he's been a phenomenal quarterback throughout his career, but right now the way he's playing is not indicative of somebody whose team should be eight now.
1: Yeah, I mean it's really interesting you bring up the Texans with Deshaun obviously. Like as Houston fans, uh it, you know, and and Lance and I have been a part of watching this franchise where we had a team at one point that was a quarterback away from possibly going to like two or three Super Bowls in a row. Just an unbelievable defense, weapons everywhere. You know, Arian I mean, Foster. It was Arian yeah. Foster. We had weapons on the outside. There was no reason other than the quarterback position that we weren't at the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden, you've got your guy you got a top 5 top 3 quarterback in the league generational guy and you, you and and listen a lot of that is bill o'brien you know he he ran it into the ground and you know things happen and i get it but it really it, i guess what i'm getting to it must be so frustrating for a guy like deshaun to come into a situation and watch that happen around him is there anything is there anything else he can do besides what he's doing on the field
0: You don't wanna get a quarterback in a position where they have to play absolutely perfect. Because if they have to right. play perfect, it eliminates like we were saying earlier, it eliminates the ability to take risks necessary for you to win games. Um Russell Wilson's also somebody who's yeah. playing really, really well right now. His team's losing a lot of games. Um, and if he doesn't play perfect for a whole game, then they lose, right? So it I, I don't really think that there's much else they could do. Um no, He's not like playing defense. He's not getting stops at yeah. there and down. So, I, I mean, the only thing I'll tell you
1: Do you think that Deshaun will will have a say in what the Texans do? Do you think that he is at that place in his career and he's earned the right where they that he will have at least? Maybe not. They're not going to follow his input, but they'll at least ask his input on head coach.
0: I myself wouldn't invest that much money into one individual player if they weren't involved in all the major decisions that we had as an organization. I do not know what the Texans are going to do. I envision right. that they'll ask him, you know, see exactly what he's feeling or what he wants to do. But it'd be really hard for me to think that they could go out here and make any decisions without seeing if Deshaun was totally on board with me.
2: Did, how did, um, how was your relationship with Bill O'Brien? Because, OB is a guy who uh you know I liked him okay as a coach. I thought he was okay. Uh I thought he was terrible as a general manager because that's not what he he didn't come up as a GM. Yeah. He didn't he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, the moves were just were just so amateurish. And I think they put the Texans and Deshaun in a in a very tough spot now. But you're a guy who's been with Deshaun since he was in high school. And Bill O'Brien is is now, you know, Bill O'Brien is now seeing him for since 2017. Um, you're going to be in Deshaun's life as a, as a quarterback guy. Did you get along with OB okay? Or was it ever a strained relationship with either he or Tim Kelly? Um, well, I know he's worked with more than just Tim Kelly, but how was that with the Texans specifically?
0: The the relationship that I, I I only really had one conversation with Bill. I've got an opportunity to talk to the OC. I've talked to Tim. You only Um, had one conversation with Bill? Yeah, I only had one conversation with Bill when he oh, was wow. with the Texans. So it wasn't like a a, a major relationship that we had or, or, or much conversation that we were doing. He, um, in that conversation, he just said he wanted to get to know me better and he wanted to talk in the offseason. So it wasn't, you know, anything crucial. Um, Tim Kelly, me and him have had a couple of conversations and he's been really receptive to a lot of different things and kind of some things that I see with Deshaun and he's He's been really good and really open in that manner. Um, And then they also got TJ Yates in the quarterback room. I worked with TJ um, in his off seasons when he was in the NFL. So that creates a a pretty good relationship and a foundation for me to kind of bounce some things off of guys uh, within the organization.
1: So let me ask you a question, piggybacking on this. And and, and I I wonder about this with a guy, perfect timing to talk about this because Trevor Lawrence is coming out. Trevor Lawrence is a guy that, you know the way the the draft experts will talk about it. It's it's uh, Elway and and Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence, right? These can't miss guys. These once in a lifetime guys. Why, if I'm Trevor Lawrence and I and and that's what they're saying about me, I'm I, I don't want and I don't know if you want to call it I'm pulling an Eli Manning, but I'm switching the tables. So when it comes around that these teams start interviewing me, I'm going to start interviewing them. And I'm gonna say, I'm not going to the New York Jets. Fuck you, New York Jets. You have never proven that you can do anything with that organization, and I ain't going there. And then I'll interview all 32 can come sit down at my table and I will interview you. Let me flip leverage here a little bit. Because if a guy like Trevor Lawrence goes to an organization, I mean, that doesn't have an offensive line that's going to protect him, that doesn't have is not in a position to get weapons around him, that he does not put him in a position to what, succeed. Like Sam Darnold? Even- <laughs> Like Sam Darnold, it could be the end of his career. So, why, you know, why why don't some guys like Trevor Lawrence just flip the script? I would, if if he was in
0: my shoes, like an older guy who understands how much team fit, the guys around you, the coaching staff make a difference in how you're going to play. I, there's no chance that I would go play for the New York Jets. However, it's going to be really hard to convince a 21-year-old that in their best interest is not to play for a whole season of football. You're not going to be able to get the reps that you need. You're not going to be able to get the practice you need. You're not going to be able to do do a lot of the things that would allow you to improve in order to get the next contract. Really right now, we're just – for this group of guys and the way the contract is set up right now, all you're doing is in a race to get to your second contract. How fast can I get to contract number two so I can get the big bucks? When Trevor is able to re-up, he'll be able to make probably around $50 million a year. I think he's confident enough to know no matter who I play with, I'm going to still be successful. I'll be successful enough to get a major deal the second time. Jared Goff got one. There's no reason that I can't get one. in four years.
1: But that's if he plays, if they don't throw him in. Sam Darnold, I think if he goes to a different scheme or a different system is more successful. Now he can't even stay upright cuz they got no offensive line, so I don't know that he's going to get the big bucks in the second contract.
2: Well, but th- those are different situations too though because of Sam I you have to assume co-
1: I know they're different quarterbacks. Well, it's totally, the same
2: same potential teams, but yeah, they're different they're different quarterbacks, but Obviously. then also you know, there's Makai Becton, who was just drafted at left tackle, who has talent. And I think Joe Douglas and his squad is going to do a better job of of putting those guys in place. I think you also have to look at – I thought Arizona was in really bad shape a couple of years ago. But look how quickly that can change. Miami Dolphins were ter- – two years ago, at the very beginning of the 2019 season, they were an atrocity. I mean, they were horrible. They're getting beat like 40 and 50 every game. Tank for two, tank for two, Fast forward to now, I mean, they're 5-3 and three in just uh, in just really one and a half seasons. So it can really change for you very quickly. Now, the problem is the Jets feel like the Jets, but even the Bengals look like they may have something going with Joe Burrow. So um, the problem with the Jets is they haven't had the O-line. They haven't had the weapons. Um, they just drafted Denzel Mims. We'll see how that works out. They just drafted Makai Beckton. He's very talented. I-, I do think that a bad organization doesn't have to stay – terrible forever. And that's probably, and something else, Quincy, is that getting to your earning potential quickly means you can get to the second contract faster too. So if you sit out a year, that's one year later that, that you're not, you've lost a year of earning potential potentially.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, life changing money. And if, I mean, we think about like what you said when Eli Manning told the chargers, he didn't want to go there. Right. Was it two or three years later they're in the AFC championship? Like, we just don't know how these things are going to shake out, but they can change really rapidly. I don't think that they're going to change for the Jets just because bad owners make bad teams, um, and I'm not sure that they have a good owner for that organization. Things start top down, so I don't think that things will ever change significantly, but I think that they can start putting enough talent around the offense where they can be successful. Not only does Sam Darnold not have the talent around him, an offense, he has a really bad offensive coach, like a really bad coach. The things that they're doing are horrid. Um, so all those things compound into making that situation even worse.
1: Yeah, I just you know, I, I I I feel like these guys a lot of times I feel like they should you know try to use their leverage you know a little bit more. That that's all I'm getting at. When you look at guys, um, you know, you look at their physical ability their mental toughness and the scheme in which they're going to go play in. Right. Like of, if you were to make a pie chart of those three, and maybe there's another one I'm missing, but of those three components, what percentages are the most important, which, which piece of the pie is the biggest, the mental, the scheme they're in or the physical ability.
0: That's difficult. Um, I think their mental toughness, like their mental ability, their ability to process, that's number one, right? After you reach a like a baseline talent level, like if you have enough talent, like let's just say everybody has the requisite level of talent to play in the NFL, then boom, mental number one, two scheme, three talent, right? And I think like when you see someone like Mahomes, it's like the perfect combination of all three things coming together. I think that um there's some other guys that I know who are supremely talented, really good mental toughness, but their scheme isn't great and they are they are still showing that they're a really good NFL quarterback. So there's like you know there's varying levels but to me the the mental aspect is number 1.
2: Yeah, but it, you know it's 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 there's also a sliding scale too. So <clears throat> for some guys, if you don't have a certain physical characteristic like uh if you're not mobile Or if you don't have uh, much velocity as a passer, then you need to slide. You can still like Joe Burrow. To me, does not have a big arm. He he has a very very average arm, but he processes so quickly and he is so accurate that there's a sliding scale where his that particular skill level can be lower because the mental processing is quick, and then you know the accuracy is a physical. That's a physical, that's a play trait that you have that I think, Quincy, for me, for me, I think um, it's kind of changing a little bit because I would always tell you that I think poise is the number one thing for me. If you don't have poise, you can't play in the NFL and be a good player. It's just, it's really, really hard. Accuracy is really, really important. However, what I've started noticing, and and I really flipped with um, Lamar Jackson when I wrote him up. I said, you know what? This is like being a great home run hitter that strikes out. If if you and some of this is true for Josh Allen too, you can, you don't have to have the same completion not even completion percentage, but accuracy and ball placement if you're able to make explosive plays. Because the game is built on explosive plays, not dinking and dunking and 13 play drives. Explosive plays are what make the the league go round. And you have to judge explosive players a little bit differently um in certain areas than you might for some other quarterbacks and that's where the quarterback position is really changing is because players are becoming more and more explosive down with downfield passing or obviously with their legs
0: and and to me it's not just those explosive plays, but how do you get to them right like how did if you created an explosive play on third and eight when they're bringing pressure and you guys didn't do a good job picking it up and you run and get a first down that's a backbreaker for a defense. You get twenty yards on a play like that. So, um, those things and and really in that physical component, I, I put being able to pick up first downs with your legs. Um, that that's really higher in there to me in twenty twenty than accuracy.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly can, now for Joe Burrow, it's accuracy is more important. But that's mm-hmm. becoming a much smaller piece of the pie when you look at the quarterbacks. Who are coming out now cuz Fields can run. Trevor Lawrence can Trevor Lawrence going to be fast. I mean he's he's got runaway speed, but Fields can run, Trevor Lawrence can run, Zach Wilson can get outside of the pocket and make some things happen. Trey Lance is very very athletic. So, it's um this is really just what the quarterback position looks like. It's not going to look as much like Jacob Easton anymore and Jake Fromm. You'll still have them pop up those types of quarterbacks, but it's really going to be more about the guys who can create for themselves. We always talk about that with running backs. Well,
1: one one of the interesting things that happened on Sunday was you saw two games that happened back to back, and it was really interesting to watch because you saw Kyla Murray playing Tua, and then later that evening you saw Brady playing Breeze. And you <laughs> yeah. just got it was this, it was really cool dichotomy of watching these two generations of quarterbacks. And and you know, I couldn't help but sit there and think like. This is like the NFL set, man. We've got a lot of really killer young quarterbacks, and these two guys are balling right now, and it's fun to watch them ball. You've got another guy, Herbert, who might be the best of them all in the rookie class, and he's playing great. He can't win games because uh, you know, of their team. But, um, but, it's, but it's really interesting to see how, the, how, the, how it shifted a bit to this new kind of style or feel, I don't know, into this playmaker.
0: I'm excited about the way the game's going, and I see that, um, as young as the high school age, like the guys I'm training aren't like the guys of yesteryear, who were like the pocket guys who just could. I think the days like of us labeling guys like as a pocket passer, dual threat, the guy who can move. Everybody who plays the quarterback positions got to be able to move in order to play the game, kind of the way that I think coaches envision playing it now.
1: Yeah, I was going to say you've got it. You probably see it early because obviously the NFL guys are getting the stuff that the college guys are running. The college guys all trickle up. All trickle up. It's all trickle up. Um, When you see somebody, Quincy, because I know you work with kids as you you work with kids as young as seventh and eighth grade. So when you start to see guys that young, can you tell right away if they've got something? If they've got something special?
0: You know, really early on, like, you don't know, you know, an NFL guy that young, like if you meet a guy in eighth grade, and I think that he has an opportunity to play in the NFL, you'll have a pretty good idea um, really, of the elite ones. Yeah. I can talk about Justin Fields in ninth grade. Like I saw him in ninth grade and I remember talking to his dad, like you should do everything you can to make sure you give your son every opportunity to play in the NFL because he's that talented. Right. So we knew really early on with guys like that, like he he had the talent to play. Like there's guys that get drafted later in drafts like you might not know it um, it might not be as clear. But these clear cut first round guys like I remember Trevor Lawrence in ninth grade. Um, we knew he was going to be the best quarterback in the country. Like those guys flash and they pop early. You see them and you know that they're special. Like I got an eighth grader right now with me. I'm hundred percent positive. If he can process information even a little bit, he'll be a top fifteen draft pick. And I I'm, just because I've seen so many guys, um, so you you see it early when they're special. I think it's
2: really cool that um, you know I, I I love the the mental part for you. I think it's 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 fun that you started quarterback coaching a certain way, and now you've had to change because. Of, of RPOs in a way that the college, the high school game has gone to college, college has gone to the pros. And so now you've had to alter how you how you train. I want you to talk about the mental part, though, because processing, you talked about processing. I don't know if people really understand how big that is as a quarterback. I guess you could play Madden and you can get overwhelmed and think, how the shit do NFL team quarterbacks think this quickly? But it's really – Talk about learning to break down the puzzle of what the defense is doing because there's little clues on the field that you have to search for before the ball is even snapped.
0: Yes, I'll I'll quickly give you one of the processes that I have with guys as they approach a line of scrimmage. The first thing that we're going to check is the weak side safety, right? So based on our alignment, we're going to check the weak side safety. We're checking for rotation. If he rotates down and we're like in a three-by-one, three receivers on one side, one to the, the back side, he rotates down. We can quickly eliminate that backside receiver, especially if we're like in a progression with an option. The option being if he has free access and we get strong rotation or if we get two eye safeties, we feel good about taking that one-on-one matchup. But when he rotates down, cool, that's out. Now we're going to look at linebacker tilt. Like are they over? Like are they in a colt, colted, right, where the strong sides outside the uh, tight end box? Are they in a bow where the weak sides were rotated the other way? And then we're going to go down to the front. The front's gonna dictate a lot along with the linebacker structure to let us know if we have any upcoming pressures. Like they're in an the under front with the strong safety roll, roll down. We know they're probably gonna have to start turning protection that way because it's likely we'll get uh, pressure there. That's just pre-snap. Then as a place play gets started, right? Now we gotta look, did the safety structure change? Right? Are we in a uh, just a full, full progression, a sh- true pure progression, or in a progression with the option? Or do we have a key read, right? Key read being we're reading one particular guy and that starts where change where our eyes will go. Pure progression, no matter what, I read the same thing. I could read X to my F on a shallow cross to my Y who's running that arc release basic coming back. Right. And then we'd read that thing looking left to right. Or if we change that play and now it's a progression with the option, they went cloud. So we went cover, cover two corner, right? So that option's gone. We got a safety who there in, now they're in quarters coverage on the backside. Now we got the basic. We look shallow to basic. Oh, we got quarters and I got to throw the post. They're doing all these things in less than three seconds. I got to process all that information that I just told you as guys are trying to hurt me, bringing pressure. Um, a guy's getting pushed into me. So not only did I have to know what to do with this information, I still had to make a throw on target to a guy. So It's a lot of things we got to process and we got to break it down. So it's really, really simple and we can make it as digestible
1: as possible. Eric, that's, that felt easy, right? You, you kept up with all that was easy stuff. right? Yeah. I coached, um, (laughs) I coached Max's flag football team the other day and it sounded a lot like what I was doing when we were in the huddle. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this, how early, you know, you're with these seventh and eighth grade kids, are there football? Are there middle school football teams right now that are running offenses that are intricate uh, enough? where they're you know progressing at a place where even in middle school they're learning a lot of this, or is that something they're doing with you off the side?
0: You can find some good middle school seven on seven programs that will get quarterbacks ahead, where they can start getting some valuable reps. But that's only if they have a really good coach who might have played in the NFL or something like that in a right. good program. It's hard for it's hard to get your protection up to a place where you can do these things, right? D linemen are going to be so much better than the chubby O lineman kids in middle yeah. school. that it's just going to be an ass kicking up there. So it's tough to really start learning those things in, in real football. But if you get in a seven on seven structure, you can start seeing some of these concepts.
1: And then in high school is really where it, where the dial gets turned up.
0: Kind of depends. Cause there's, there's not that many good, high, not taking anything away from high school coaches. There's sure. not many high school coaches who can give the guys information that they can chunk and then go apply it. Right. And you see this even at the college level. Right. I talk all the time about college coaches not giving quarterbacks enough answers. And what I mean by that is they got these rinky dink offenses where it's just RPO. You're seeing a back going front. You're doing the play action and then you're snapping and you can throw to one guy right? But they're not giving you giving you answers when your key read, that guy on that RPO, goes with the action that you just saw, and then they bring a safety down to take away this glance that these all these colleges are running, and they take that away. Now they don't have any answers or things to do, right? The, the best quarterback coaches, the best programs, guys like Ohio State, Toledo runs a great offense, Central Michigan, Indiana. Those are a few offenses I watch like these coaches are giving their quarterbacks answers to the test. You start to see those at really good college programs and you don't see them enough at the high school, or at the high school and, and even most college level. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what I, people get so caught up in pro this, pro that. I don't think a lot of people realize how many great minds there are at maybe an individual high school or a Division II school Mm-hmm. More like North Dakota State's passing attack. When I watched Wentz and I've watched Trey, I mean they really allow them to run a more advanced system, advanced uh, attack from a passing scheme than many of the, the the college teams you'll see. And while while defenses try to get more complicated and varied so that it confuses quarterbacks, guys like you and, and guys like um, offensive line coaches and quarterback coaches and offense coordinators and head coaches, their job is to simplify. And more and more football is becoming simplified. I mean, that's, that's something it's not, I don't, you tell me, I don't think it's as complicated anymore from a football standpoint as it once was. There's a lot to process, but I think a lot of offenses are making it harder on the defense because they have learned to make it easier on the quarterback.
0: Yeah. So you're only going to be, it's protect the quarterback, right? And protect the quarterback means a lot of things. Protect the quarterback and giving him information that he can use so that he can be successful. And you can run a lot of the same concepts over and over, but dress him up differently, right? Give you a different formation, give you different motions. Just do all these different things that allow you to run some of the same things over and over again so your quarterbacks can get really good at a few things that allow them to truly be successful. And that's simplifying it, but still making it look complex to defenses while they're trying to do all these different things to slow you down.
1: Who are some of the guys that you've watched that are the best at that are the best at like, you know, pre-snap reads? I mean, like I think Peyton Manning. Like, Peyton Manning was
0: really, y'all thought, so guys who are in the NFL right now, I think really do a great job. Aaron Rodgers is, is the best to me. Right. And Aaron Rodgers is the best because I've seen him do it two different ways. He did it for so many years with McCarthy from a completely static offense in the same way that Peyton Manning used to do it. Like, I'm not going to move and you're just going to have to figure it out and show me at one point or another because we're not going anywhere in terms of motion. Now they're motioning and and he has to adjust to all these different things um, where they're moving at the snap of the ball. They're running back motions. They're motioning from a two by two to the last second, becoming a three by one. So the defense is rotating late and he's still able to see things figured out really, really quickly and process it. Um. And that's like one of the older guys who I think is really good. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my guy props here, Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said this about him last year. I wouldn't have said he's doing a great job of processing information. This year for the young class, from this, this new group of quarterbacks, Lamars, Mahomes, all those guys, he's doing such an excellent job that you'll see that teams won't even blitz him anymore, right? They used to blitz him and he'd be able to get got. I can go back to last year's playoff game against the Buffalo Bills where he got hit by a nickel pressure, and it should have been a sack. They get a big play. The defense got exactly what they wanted. They tricked him. There hasn't been a team this year to trick him and get him in a situation where he got caught off guard and took a hit that he shouldn't have. He's got hit a little bit, but he's done a better job on his own of protecting himself, changing protection, and being dialed in.
2: He has not – and, boy, you're right about that because I know exactly the play. He made a backbreaking play – on a play where he missed the, he missed the pressure that was coming, but he used to, I remember Baltimore last year, had him bamboozled with uh, um, what they did defensively. And he just was hanging onto the ball forever. That's not really what we're seeing this year. And that means he's more comfortable in, in what he's doing. It really, more importantly, he knows what he's seen and he knows what you're trying to do.
0: 100%. A hundred percent. Yeah. He's, he's had the reps to see, okay. I've, I've had, three years of NFL reps. Like I've seen it. Like I I get it. I know what you guys are doing. Um, But now he does a better job in his preparation during the week of understanding, not that he wasn't preparing before, but now he knows what he should be looking for. Right. He understands here's what I need to know going into a week. Not necessarily what the coaches are trying to show me, but here's what I need to know in terms of being successful. And that has allowed him to just play at a, um a lights out level in terms of just seeing it process it, get out of his hand.
1: When I'm in Houston, um, I, I, I would, I would like to, uh, have you run me through some drills. <laughs> tell me what kind of, uh, prospect I could be. Um, you know, I, I already, I would like Lance, that too, Eric. I would really I can't, love that Lance Lance and I, we were trying to line up some stuff for me to do. I'm going to take a pitch from Lance McCullers, um, you know, uh, of the, of the Astros. And, and I would love to get out there and just, uh, you know, spin it a little bit. I think, I think
2: Through let him take you through, uh, what he, what he did with Jalen Hurts last year. He ran the whole pro day. I was there at Oklahoma. He ran all of Jalen <laughs> pro day. Why
0: don't you do, so, why doesn't he run you through the same script? I have the I script on <laughs> my, on my phone, on my computer, whatever you need, I can print it out and we can be ready. He's out there. He's got the script. That's there. great.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, nothing longer than like a fifteen yard post, though. Okay, because
0: <laughs> fifteen <know>. yard post. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a fifteen yard post, but we'll
1: Whoa. figure it out.
2: Yeah, let's go. Just these figure safeties it out. are going to crowd the shit out of you.
1: <laughs> We're sitting oh, on yeah. all your short stuff. Uh, no, yeah, that would that would be fun. I'd love to come out there and and just throw. I'm uh, there, would, so We can get it uh, done. I would love. I'm in. I'm in Los Angeles right now. Okay. So you ever come out here? I'll be
0: there in January, so we can still get it done. So don't run. Oh, don't me. duck these workouts. Dude, I'm not going
2: to duck my workouts. Trust me. Hey, wait a minute. What gonna, are you, so what are you watching right now? Do you Are you a guy who
0: jumps on Hulu, Netflix, Prime? Are you watching right shows? Now, I'm heavy in Queens Gambit. Um, episode
1: oh, seven. yeah. Oh, people love it.
0: I'm heavy. I'm locked in. I'm locked and loaded. Um, I'm I'm a big chess guy. I don't know if you've heard like some of the ways we nice. use chess to train quarterbacks. No, I know Bucky
2: Brooks was talking about there's somebody else who does that, too.
0: Yeah. So it's, um, we, we're, we're, me and Bucky go to the same chess trainer. Okay. Uh, They play chess. It's a mental processing trainer, right? So it's all about process. I'm big on processes as you guys can probably tell, but we work and we do that. So being in the chess and that show has got me dialed in.
1: I can't wait to see it. Everyone's talking about it. I really like that show. Yeah. People are loving that show. That's good. Let me ask you another question, uh, before we get you out of here. When you go to the movie, Quincy, are you going by yourself or with somebody?
0: I'm more of a my, by myself guy.
1: I'm alone. Yeah. Okay. Are Thank you going you. during the day or in the evening? I'm going go in the day. Yep. All right. Are you sitting in the front, middle, back, aisle?
0: Um, I'll usually go aisle but in the middle. I'd rather oh. be in the like I, I mean in the middle section, not front or back. Right. right. Aisle middle. I usually like right. being the are you, middle what do you I fuck what with Quincy. That's concession. why I fuck
2: with Quincy. Every <laughs> single answer is the same
1: as my answer. All right. What about what are you getting at when you when you go to the when you hit the concessions before See, you head in? This
0: is where you guys may judge me a little, but I always bring Chipotle to the movie theater. So I'm gonna bring
1: oh, it. I don't judge at all. No, you take the Chipotle with you, you got the big <laughs> and burrito and sneak in the pocket. it in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I never and
2: know you how you're gonna be. Chip. Eric's an actor, so he can get sensitive about how, you know, this isn't mm-hmm. like stealing movies, Eric. You're okay with yeah. him bringing his own Chipotle in, right? 100%. Okay. I mean, I brought food into the theater. I'm all about it. Do you know, some t- one time I was in a movie theater, this guy behind us, he literally brought basically a, a bar behind him. He had tonic water, he had like vodka, a lime. He, he was shaking. Yeah, I was like, "What in the <laughs> fuck is happening behind me?" I and like his style. Guy, he had a whole damn wet bar behind me.
1: See, I'd be—that's like a problem for me because I needed quiet, man. I don't like people chirping. I don't want to hear the Chipotle foil going, just unwrap <laughs> it early, <laughs> get after it, and wrap it up and be done. I'm not looking for Lance crushing those shitty nachos behind me. He's that's got right. the chips, <laughs> and, and you can hear the bag raffling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get out of here with that pre just unwrap it now mm-hmm. wrap it now uh quincy dude thank you so much for your time dude for really sure appreciate it i'm pre- gonna um i'm gonna start getting my 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 workouts going i'll be ready for january
0: you can do draft prep with uh jamie and train i so we're ready
1: for you oh get me out there i love it all right sweet i'm in on this i'm yeah. in i'm coming in Woo! all
2: right
1: <laughs> I appreciate it, Quincy. Thanks for your time, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks, Quincy. Appreciate right. it, man. Sure. All right. Another episode in the books. We will be back again next week. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Tweet about it. Instagram about it. Just, you know, talk about it. Uh, Thanks to Tony Moles over at Anthem Agency for providing our graphic design work that we use on social media. Tony is uh, a fantastic person, recently married, by the way, and uh, can be found at the Anthem Agency, A-N-T-H-M agency.com or on all the socials under the same name. See you next week.